Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. <laughs> pounds, pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We are here today to put the her in personality. Oh, at first I thought you were going to go with purse. For hers. <laughs> For Which, you know, it's a ladies podcast, so. Right. We're here to talk about purses. We'll save that one. <laughs> <laughs> For a desperate day. Store that. <laughs> You guys didn't hear about that. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to it. Don't ask for it every week. <laughs> right. My name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Joy. And it is the moment you've all been waiting for, and you've been messaging me every week. <laughs> so I am here to tell you that Joy has the her in her. Oh, <laughs> Joy's having she a girl. Does. Yep, there's a little girl in there. I'm so excited. I have so many girl things. Girl yeah, baby you do. things. It is fun. Yeah. There's like really cute little dapper boy stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think girl stuff is just everyone's favorite because yeah. it's cute. It's like it's cute. just yeah. girls stay cute forever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Boys, Boys grow up and they become men. Hopefully they're not cute forever. Right. <laughs> Something's yeah. wrong. Right. There we go. Yeah. That's how you, that's just a rule to live by. Right. If you look over at your 17 year old son and you're getting cute vibes. <laughs> You've done something wrong along yeah, the way. We need to figure that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Um, I am Joy and I do have a sh- a her in me. <laughs> you do. I have a her in me. Um. <laughs> I'm totally forgetting my fact about you, and I didn't have it written down because I knew that I could just wing it. Yeah, I knew I could. It, you did. You can. Um, I believe. Well, you look great in a truck. <laughs> Thank That's you. That's the thing you should get. You guys should know about summer. Thank you. I pulled up to the studio this morning, <laughs> and I thought, I thought, like, there's a bunch of a bunch of people who work here have trucks. Um, but so I just assumed it was somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I hear, hey, girl. And I just see this little blonde head poke <laughs> out of this truck that's yeah, 10 feet tall. I mean, ridiculous. <laughs> so the company that I rent from, they just love me. They love me. I mean, I give them a lot of money. So yeah. they... Um, and you're probably their most regular... Like, I'm a very consistent They probably customer. don't know most of the people that walk in. <laughs> right. But you. They know me. They know. Yes. So even though I paid for the price of a Sentra rental. Right. I got a brand new Dodge Ram. It was so fun. I was terrified. And at first I was like, I don't want to drive a truck. Like brand new. Brand There's new. like still like styrofoam yeah. stuff. Like they haven't even taken all like the, the tape off of the thing. <laughs> um, There's like. There's what 345 miles on it, 
and I drove it 333 of those miles. <laughs> like I'm the first driver. Yeah. Um, and it was super fun. And at first when they offered it to me, I was like, no, I have a long drive. Like the gas mileage would be terrible. And all of their faces lit up and they were like, it gets 27 just miles wait. to the gallon. And I was like, and you, you know serious? what I just realized is we need to contact Dodge about this little <laughs> spiel that I know. we're I'm about to sell you guys doing this truck. I'm not sure how much <laughs> their corporate whatever aligns with what we believe, but we definitely just gave them a rave review and talked about how good the gas mileage is. I seriously listen, Dodge. A bunch of moms just heard about how great your truck is. I want so... one. I w- I really. My grandma had Ooh. a Dodge Ram. In the send 90s. us two Dodge Rams, <laughs> and and we will talk I'll about keep talking to you it forever. Everybody. Um. My grandma had a Dodge We're Ram. here to put the her in Dodge Ram. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I had so much fun. This, my drive this morning, like, really, honestly. I could tell. You, when I was tell? talking to you, yeah. I was like, she had a blast today. I did. <laughs> and all I did was wake up at 4.30 in the morning and drive this trek through the desert for five hours. And I had a moment where I realized I actually was kind of listening in my head, like, Okay, what would I what kind of trip would I enjoy more than this? And I came to a conclusion because it was just me and this truck in the desert and obviously a lot of George Strait. Like right. I worked through George Strait's greatest right. hits and then I worked through Queen's greatest hits. Well, so people might not immediately see you in a truck. But sure. you are you have some me. like <laughs> they don't know about me. <laughs> you have like some southern sort of country. I do things about you it's true and it works well i the desert you guys just like the desert is home like there's just something about i've like gone all over the country i've seen all the things i would choose arizona every time i know it doesn't make a lot of sense to people it makes so much it's so beautiful and it just i love it i love it and it's been really like it's been really nice here i mean it's gonna start to get really really hot and i'm gonna just keep getting more pregnant you know what in that Dodge Ram, the chair has oh, air yeah. conditioning in it. The chair air conditioned me the whole drive. It was amazing. Um, but anyway, I decided that <laughs> uh, if I had to choose between that drive and that truck or Disneyland, like it would actually be a hard decision for me. That's how much hmm. I enjoyed it. And I think the only trip I would choose over that drive and that truck through that desert would be going to London. Oh, yeah. I would also have to go to London. I know you've really been. I would have to go to to London alone because I think I would just cry the whole time. Right. And be very annoying. Mm -hmm. I think I would be insufferable. Right. Um, Just I would get a knee brace for my bad knee Uh and I would get walking shoes and I would just I would just walk around and I would have people speak to me in their accent (laughs) and I would just take. You just like walk up to a place and you're like, tell me about this building. (laughs) You're like, I don't know. It's a target. Anything. I would just (laughs) ask people like, can you tell me where I'm going and just listen to their accents? Where should I go? Where should I go? Tell me what to do today. Yeah. I would have to go alone because I really think I would be insufferable. If you're a listener in London, you should call our voicemail number and just tell me how your day is. Oh, yeah. Just tell me about your day. Our voicemail number is 470-465-0475. And if you are British... I want to know how your day has been. Be sure to let us know <laughs> at the beginning of your voicemail by saying, I'm calling in because I'm British. Yes. And then go ahead. I mean, you'll know because of their beautiful, beautiful accents. Yeah. 
I just I, London. That's like my life dream. If you're actually also if you're Irish or Scottish, we encourage you to call in as well because I really want to read Google. Try to put that put your voicemail into text. Yes, because <laughs> it's a nightmare with people who are from from here Nevada. Yes, um, don't know what you're saying. So, yep. I would love to see what what she'd do. Me too. Oh, that'd be so interesting. Our people with southern accents. I mean, those Google transcripts when you oh, guys yeah. call, they're just not even close. <laughs> really really odd just watch out what you say because sometimes it reads very threatening yeah really oh, yeah. people are calling and they're like i loved your show thanks so much and then the the transcription is like i hate you well when we first got it we were like what did we do what, what do we get ourselves <laughs> into because everyone who's calling is insane and then they were just normal <laughs> nice people i don't know google's cutting edge in every way except, except for, for that, that. <laughs> not quite sure Google Translate is also really bad. Don't trust it. Yeah. It could be very offensive, actually. Right. I've discovered in weird ways. Anyway, you're having a girl. I'm I am. borrowing a truck. I Things guess I kind of. Right. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, we're, her name is Georgia. I know. What a great mm-hmm. name. Georgia Summer. Also After a cool name. person I know. Um, um, did I, I don't tell know. You? you like have to name your kid. Like for the, like, you know how they say dress for the job you want to have. Yeah. So like if you name your son Blaze, he's going to, he should become a firefighter. He's going to be a pyro. Oh, (laughs) you went a much better way with that than I did. Uh, Especially if we named our child Blaze Hunter. Yeah. He doesn't have a choice at that point. But anyway, we're setting him up for success. We're not naming our son Blaze, by the way. No, no. Um, I... I'm not even going to get into what I was just going to say, but, um, (laughs) well, I told Matthew, I was like, cause you know, I think it should occur to everyone, at least at every wife, at least at one point that maybe their husband would want to name their son after themselves. Right. But my husband's name is Matthew. Yeah. Which is also the name of everyone else. (laughs) Every other man (laughs) on the planet. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Um, except for yours. <laughs> <laughs> Not Matthew. <laughs> but so I told him if we had like a really, we could have like a super rad middle name, so he could be like Matthew Scorpion Hunter, <laughs> then I'd be okay with it. Right. Or like Volcano. Right. Or something. Something, intense. something that's just really weird, yeah. and so where people would be like, "Oh, you're Matthew Hunter. Yeah, okay, I get it." And he'd be like, "No, no, I'm Matthew, Matthew Dragon Hunter." <laughs> And people would be like, whoa, yeah, whoa. I was wrong about Intense. you. Intense. You're not normal. <laughs> well, it's like, I don't know. You know how you hear someone's name and you're like, oh, I can tell your parents were hippies. Yeah. For sure. Well, people say that about me. Oh, My yeah. are not hippies. Right. Because they went with like a. It's a family name. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you think about the person that names their kid after. A scorpion. Right. I mean, you'd think something weird. Cool. Or cool. I mean, very cool. You must have had really cool parents. <laughs> well, where were you going with dress for the... Were you going somewhere? Oh, um, and so, yeah. Blaze. We... Well, so we like the name Georgia. Obviously, it means farmer or tiller of the soil, which my husband is super into. I just always like the name Georgia. It's just pretty. And then summer. First of all, Georgia summer. Come on. It works. Together, it's... But also... It's a book. I mean, if you want your daughter to be cool and smart, 
name her after someone cool and smart. <laughs> okay, here's how bad I am. <laughs> I don't know if I told you this because when you guys called me about it, I was just crying. Yeah. Um, but when like my first assumption when because I think I just looked at it. Matthew had me look at it. I was on the phone and you guys had posted it on Facebook and he had me look at it. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought was it probably has nothing to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't happening. This isn't real. They just like the name. It has nothing to do with me. And then Matthew was like, eh, eh. And I was like, really? <laughs> like my first, I was like, don't make this about you, Summer. Don't make this about you. Or that's weird. <laughs> that was like my first reaction. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, no. She thinks we need her under her. <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, not the case. <laughs> I mean, I obviously he was on the phone with me. Right. So there was yeah, but it was just funny. I like I kind of pulled a joy. Like, you know. Right. That's this, none of my that's business. That's none of my business. <laughs> that's, that's a, a great, great name, name, but <laughs> none of my business. <laughs> I don't want to assume anything. <laughs> I mean What if that happened? What if you guys just really I mean, we did really like it. I know, but what if you were like, and also don't take this personally because this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> well, it had never, it had never occurred. Like at one point we started look, thinking about names. We were like, we were like, what about people we know? What about people we would want to like right. include on in this, you know? Yeah. And so we're like going through some stuff, family names, right. stuff like that. And then it was just like Georgia summer. I mean, really I'm sure some people will just be like, that's so <laughs> and that's cute. Fine. And it really doesn't get much more. I mean, my Matthew's from Texas and I wasn't going to name our daughter, Texas. <laughs> thank uh, you. Those of you She'll who are from Texas you. or married to someone from Texas, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but I figured Does Georgia summer is pretty. Yeah. That's a pretty Southern. Right. I name. lived in Georgia and our yeah. voicemail number is from Georgia. Yes. It's all just coming together. I don't know. We have to put Georgia on some merchandise at some point. I know. Well, we've talked about making baby stuff at one yeah, point. We, we should do that. Yeah. One of these. When days. we have so much time. Don't hold us to that. She's about to have a baby. Um, okay. We're extra so- super chatty today. Sorry, guys. I'm- we haven't seen each other in three weeks a few weeks yeah Mm. i know for you guys it seems like we see each other every week but but we don't but we went even longer than usual and i'm not this time i'm not sorry um (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you a time stamp okay like if this is stressing you out you can just skip it skip this well (laughs) if you've gotten to this part you could just not worry about it just hit play again guys it's fine (laughs) okay so we have had so many people ask us to talk about the Enneagram. We've also had a couple people tell us not to talk about the Enneagram. And we're here today to talk about the Enneagram. Yeah, we are. Uh, so if anyone out there doesn't know, which I don't know how you could not know at this point, um, I suppose there might be a few of you. And um, I mean, good on you, honestly. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think there are people that don't know what it is. I think there are people that know of it kind of Vaguely, in the way of like right. Myers-Briggs like oh I know of that personality test right. but whatever I've seen it show up in my feed and right. it told me things about myself yeah so <clears throat> the Enneagram is I would pro- I would say probably the most popular personality test right now um, 
I would say a couple of years ago, it was really all about the Myers-Briggs. Right. Which, by the way, has a really interesting history. Um, I just finished reading a book my friend Heather recommended to me called The Personality Brokers. And it's a history of these tests. And okay. And it was terrifying, honestly, a little bit. Wow. Um, I highly recommend the book. Maybe we'll talk about that at some point. I don't know. But um, the Enneagram oh, yeah. is really popular in Christian circles. And yes. um, I've heard of people going to their church for like marriage conferences and counseling um, around the Enneagram. There's all kinds of podcasts about the Enneagram. I've heard um, about Enneagram stuff taking place in like a main Sunday service oh, at churches. Ah, I think I just that was the first thing that really like keyed me into yeah. it yeah i was uh, like huh that's interesting that's what made me look into what it it was was yeah. just because i was like huh what is this thing that they're right talking about right um in their church service right a personality test in your church service yeah. what is that about um russell moore just put out a video about the enneagram and yeah it's just it's everywhere if you google it you're gonna find all kinds of stuff and um i think on our very first episode, we jokingly told everybody our Myers-Briggs. We did. Yeah, we whatever. did that as like a funny way to to like. We didn't know. I don't know. It's hard it to joke. T- it's hard to talk about yourself. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, rather, like most people know how to talk about themselves in a situation where they're very comfortable but that was our first episode. And the job of your first episode is to be like, why are we here? Who, Who are, are we? What are we doing? Which um, we skipped, by the way. We recorded like three episodes and then we had people listen to them first. Yeah. And they were all like, you never introduced yourselves. Right. We never thought to do that. Yeah. So we tried to skip the step where we <laughs> told you who we were. And so then we were like, okay, what is an easy like talking point? Where is like a jumping right. point a jumping that we point. can... Right that we can start from and just start a silly conversation about ourselves. And we did it jokingly. Like we were like, ha ha, this is what the Myers-Briggs says. Right. Ha 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 ha. I didn't realize at that point that people like took this very seriously. Yeah. Um, And obviously the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram aren't the same thing, but they both are personality tests. And um, until I started reading about it, I didn't know. I didn't know just how seriously people took it. Yeah. So that was when. Well, yeah, a lot of people are like, my name's Sally Jenkins and I'm, I'm a, a four. Four wing three or whatever. Right. Yeah. So the Enneagram, uh, like we said, it is a personality test. If you see kind of the symbol for it, it's based on like nine. Um, well, we'll tell you more about what it's based on, but. There's like nine options. Right. You can be, you can Enneagram be. Enneagram just be means nine sided, basically. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, it looks a lot like a pentagram, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> it's not a pentagram, which just means five sided. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like, right. we're not, that's, it's not a pentagram. <laughs> I just think it's funny because every yeah. time I see it, I'm just like, wait, hold on. <laughs> that's the general um, people who I've told, talked to about it that don't know what it is yeah they're like oh that sounds like pentagram and it's just really because it has the, the word sides. gram in it right <laughs> um and that is per- 
purposeful because it is based on um, it, it. Basically, it's geometry. It has a lot yeah. to do with um, geometry. It also has a lot to do with um, spiritual insight. So if you go to the Enneagram Institute's website, they'll tell you that the Enneagram's purpose is a spiritual awakening. Um, and basically that through the Enneagram, you can uncover a wrong view of self and realize your true self and therefore live in essence. What does all of that mean? Well, that's why we're talking about this today. Um, so there is a lot of, there's some um, jargon mm -hmm. that needs to be understood. Yeah. There's stuff that like, as we go, we'll tell you what right. stuff means and things like right. that. Right. Um, and we'll give you, we're not teaching this to you though. So if we do miss something about it yeah. we're not teaching the enneagram no mm -mm. today no we're giving you a like a basic idea of what it is right um and i hope that we give you a basic idea of what it is and that you're discerning enough to understand why it's so problematic and why we think it's worth talking about yeah um the reason given by the enneagram institute for those nine types is the Gnostic idea of the nine divine forms. Uh, and so this probably sounds new to a lot of you. If you come from a new age background, this is not news to you. Right. Um, the nine. Well, yeah, there's a lot of, um, base well, so before we, okay. So, well, another thing that we're going to be talking about is that a lot of people, so I listen, we listen to a lot of lectures on this. Um, Summer and I spent quite a bit of time looking into this. And um, most people, like if you were to type in Enneagram Christian, then a lot of the people that you're going to hear from that are that are teaching a class or doing a lecture or giving a talk or whatever, um, if their talk is over an hour long, they're going to tell you at some point that it's sort of a neutral tool that can be used in marriage counseling for pastors, for psychologists, um, for stuff like that. So when we're giving you the basic rundown, we're giving you the origins of it. We understand that the person that taught it to you or what you've heard about it may not sound, Yeah. this may not sound exactly like it, but that's because right. a lot of people teach it as a, like a neutral right. um, psychological tool right. to just, no, understand, understand people and understand yourself. Right. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of my, a bulk of my research, and I'm going to link all of this in the show notes, uh, is from a former new ager. Her name is Marcia Montenegro. And uh, I just can't recommend her, her stuff enough. Um, she is so incredibly helpful and she does really, really great work in this area. She's a former new ager. Um, and so all of this, uh, is a world that she knows very well and she comes from. And so, um, yeah, she, <laughs> I did watch a lot of videos and I did do a lot of reading, but I feel like Marsha did the really heavy lifting for me Yeah, and I just cannot recommend, um, she's very thorough and very clear and very intelligent. Um, but anyway, 
we do have a problem with the Enneagram and we're going to touch on part on why that is. Um, like I said, the Enneagram Institute explains that the nine um, types that you can be mm-hmm. um, in the Enneagram are from the nine divine forms and the nine divine forms. And I had to read about this too, because <laughs> I don't have a new age background. Yeah. Um, comes from a, a presumption that man's natural essence can be in perfect union with the divine. So if you read a lot about the Enneagram, you're going to come across this idea of self-actualization mm-hmm. of your best self now of uh, making you more spiritual and divine. These are obviously very mystic ideas. Going from like one mindset to another mindset. Yes. And um, the geometric proportions of the diagram, uh, they in the, the drawing that I was talking about, the reason I actually gave you an image that you might know, it looks like a pentagram. It is not a pentagram, but it has the, the, um, the way that it's drawn is similar to a pentagram because it's pulled it's pulled quite clearly from something called sacred geometry which is the occult belief that shapes patterns and certain types of proportions have special meaning um you see this kind of thing uh in you know feng shui Uh um in all the eastern kind of mystical beliefs that these the certain kinds of shapes and proportions have a sacred meaning. Right. And so that is why the Enneagram symbol looks like it does. And just so you guys know, what I'm describing is a form of divination. Uh, when you look in tea leaves and look for meanings, um, when you partic- participate in certain occultic practices... Uh, it's a lot of superstition and looking for meaning and proportions and signs and things like that and looking for concealed messages um, to gain information. Um, And obviously, as Christians, uh, we have been, you know, Jeff talked about it in our our first episode with Coltish, um, practicing any kind of divination is forbidden. Right. Um, to Christians, um, we ge- patterns that we see in the world are not ways that we look for hidden meaning. And that is something that paganism is steeped in. And unfortunately, it is something that the Enneagram is absolutely guilty of. Right. It is a f- this. The Enneagram does not exist without the Enneagram. Right. <laughs> the, Enneagr- the Enneagram is. <laughs> actually is referring to the symbol Mm -hmm. so nine that's right it's and it's not i guess it's not cited it's more like drawn like nine symbol (laughs) yes like nine symbol so enneagram is not referring to the Mm -hmm. method Mm -hmm. like it is referring to the actual shape right the shape the enneagram doesn't exist without right that shape and how right i mean and it's 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 really interesting. I don't think it's necessary that people who don't know anything about it go look for a complete full knowledge of what's happening. Right. But the shape is very important when you listen to anyone describe or teach. Yes. 
what the Enneagram is. And I mean, you know, you you have to ask, why are there nine? What is the objective standard for saying that every person in the world can fit into one of these, you know, nine types? Right. Um, it's completely subjective. Um, you know, I had somebody the other day ask me what my sign was, you know, the astrological yeah. signs. Um, and she was trying to get to know me based on the fact that I'm an Aquarius. And I was just like, what is this? Where does this come? I mean, it's completely subjective. It has no foundation. It has, right. you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't understand. Th- that's part of the reason why I don't understand why Christians are so into it. But all of that to say, um, there is no objective basis for the nine personality types um, that you can find. Right. Um, I bet. I mean, why nine? You know what I mean? Why not 12? Yeah. If you're an Aquarius... Where does that leave you when it comes to, well, what number are you in the Enneagram? Right. Like none of this is has objective meaning. Um, so that's obviously a pretty big problem. But um, I think it gets worse. <laughs> I think it gets worse than just the sign itself. Um, because the purpose of the Enneagram is, well, I would say it's anti-biblical. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Um, for a multitude of reasons. I know. I have so many. I'm not sure which one I want yeah, to start Yeah, I know. With. I know. This is where, <laughs> this is why you hear us at a loss for words for once in our lives. Um, because there really is, there's really a lot here. Um, maybe we should. Okay. So, so, I think most Christians who are into the Enneagram mm-hmm. or that know of it or mm-hmm. that have done it or know what their type is or mm-hmm. whatever, I think most people would see this not as a like a pagan mm-hmm. or Gnostic symbol. Right. They would see it or as it just um it's been it's been a co-opted by um psychology yeah and it is in a lot of the the people that do teach the enneagram Mm -hmm. um like richard Rohr. i know some people we'll get into it um Mm -hmm. (laughs) richard Rohr have there's it's sort of become so um i think most of what we in the united states would have heard of it is sort of a like mashup of the Bible, mm-hmm. like maybe some Bible verses mm-hmm. and this system mm-hmm. and psychology and philosophy. That's right. So we wouldn't necessarily see it as something that's pagan or new age because we can like put our finger on where it came from. And those people weren't necessarily new age. Right. Um, but the point is that the, the, the origin of this Mm-hmm. even as it's taught in our culture mm-hmm. is not the Bible. Right. Cause while I said a few Bible verses are incorporated, not very well in yep. what I've, <laughs> what I've uh, seen and in what I've listened to and what I've read. Um, it's, I mean, really bad application. And so I think that um, this symbol is kind of just, it's not that it's, I, I, I do think that it's harmful. We almost wouldn't see it as harmful in our society because 
we are such a society of psychology and philosophy when it comes to understanding humans. Right. We're not theological right. as a society. Which is a huge problem. Right. So when we go when we go to understand the meaning of the universe and we when we go to understand humans and how humans interact with one another, our culture's mm-hmm. knee jerk reaction is not to go to the Bible. It is to go to what have the philosophers said. Right. Um and it's very interesting because well I mentioned I mentioned Richard Rohr, but he has a lot to say in terms of the Enneagram about mm-hmm. the calculative mind mm-hmm. and the contemplative mind, um, which is actually from Aristotle, like Correct. directly. Those Correct. are his words. That's right. And um, so he, Aristotle, we know that um, he had a very, he had a lot of interesting philosophical musings. You he know sure who Aristotle, <laughs> you know who Aristotle is. He's obviously a super famous like his name has stood the test of time. He only needs one name. <laughs> right, just one name. He's like share y'all. Um y'all. <laughs> um but so so some interesting things that we can I I think that you know it's it's easy enough to just say like oh well philosophy, you know, like that's how we that's a, it's not a wrong inherently to study people and you know certainly a lot of philosophers um had appropriate real observations of how people interact but um you know aristotle also had he had a very clear interpretation of wisdom which is another thing that richard Rohr says is the point of the enneagram the point of the enneagram is to gain wisdom about yourself because really it's not you're not doing the Enneagram right if you just want to find out about yourself. In fact, too much emphasis on self-development in this will keep you from going from the calculative mind to the mm-hmm. contemplative, contemplative mind. Right. And so um, what Aristotle thought about wisdom was that it was a mixture of personal intuition and what was known about the universe. Right. Uh, just so, just right. to put this into perspective. Right. Aristotle thought that the earth was the center of the universe. Right. He thought that the right. solar system revolved around the universe. Right. Um, so I'm not saying that <laughs> just think about think that. Think about that for a second. <laughs> and I mean, it's important to know that as Christians, we believe that wisdom comes from God. Right. So if the point is, is his, his definition of wisdom, which is the same definition as Richard Rohr, right. who widely teaches the Enneagram, who, for the most part, if you're going to learn it, you're going to learn it from him or one of his books or partially Someone from one of his books. Yeah. Um, and he agrees. Yeah. He agrees with what Aristotle said about wisdom, yeah. which is that it is a combination of what you know. Right. And your what you feel. Right. We have a lot to say about Richard Rohr. A lot of um, I've been hearing a lot of evangelicals defend Richard Rohr for some of his ideas and um, Richard Rohr rejects Christ. So that's a problem. Um, But just so you guys are aware, something I think I ran across a lot in reading and watching videos was the idea that um, the Enneagram has a Christian. It's it's from Christian thought. It's from ancient Christian thought. um, And this is a lie. Um, the Bible is very clear about where wisdom comes from. Very, very clear. Um, like it's not even a, it's not even a verse you have to highly contextualize. No, I mean, do, please do, but, <laughs> but, but you don't, just so you know, like, um, you know, please go back to the original language, right. but you don't have to, to understand. Right. 
So <laughs> thankfully, um, Marsha, like I mentioned earlier, did a lot of homework on um, where the teachers of the Enneagram came from. So I'm going to tell you real quick because I don't think you're going to find this in most of the books that you read or the podcasts that you listen to. Um, because like I said, most people, even people who talk about Richard Rohr, they'll even say like, well, I don't agree with everything that Richard Rohr says. Right. But um, right. But they believe legitimately that it is, right. I'm sure they're earnest in their belief that this is a neutral tool that they can so the enneagram when a catholic does it it's catholic Mm -hmm. Um, when an atheist does it it's an atheist enneagram right well let me tell you where the enneagram came from (laughs) uh the person first widely credited to make the enneagram known uh is a guy with a very difficult last name it's gurdjieff and I'm probably saying that wrong. It's G-U-R-D-I, I'm sorry, J-I-E-F-F. I can't even spell it. Gurdjieff? Gurdjieff. Wow. He was an Arminian teacher of esoteric spiritual philosophies based on knowledge he allegedly garnered during travels and contacts with secret groups. You can read about them in his book, Meetings with Remarkable Men. Uh, anyway, these accounts were never verified, but... Gurdjieff's belief was that man is not aware of true reality and needs an awakening of consciousness. His pupil, Auspensky, called these ideas that Gurdjieff had the fourth way. You can read those in his books, In Search of the Miraculous and the Fourth Way. What are the other three? Like Gurdjieff, Auspensky wrote about the Enneagram in terms of the law of seven and the law of three. And this is based on Gurdjieff's views of the esoteric laws by which the cosmos operate. If this sounds way out there, it is. It gets worse. Oscar Ichazo, a man who was heavily involved in psychedelic drugs and shamanism, asserted that he had received instructions from a higher entity called Metatron, and that his group... Megatron? <laughs> Metatron. Oh, sorry. Metatron. I shouldn't laugh. Uh, <laughs> and that his group was guided by a, quote, interior master. Naranjo is a psychiatrist who studied with Ichazo in Chile. And he passed on the Enneagram teachings to the Jesuit Bob Ox, who then brought it into the Roman Catholic cir- circles at the New Age Escalin Institute in Big Sur, California. Naranjo, in a video interview, admits that he and Ichazo lied about the Enneagram having ancient origins because they knew that it didn't. They knew that Gurdjieff's claims about this were false. Ichazo never came up with the nine personality types. It is known that Naranjo came up with that. You can watch this interview where they admit this. Naranjo states that the nine types came from automatic writing. We have talked about automatic writing before. Um, Automatic writing is a practice of essentially emptying your mind and letting a spirit come and use your hand to write and speak through your hand. This is an occultic practice, and this is where the origins of the Enneagram are. Yeah, that's very interesting. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? We've got we've got spirit guides, shamanism, psychedelic drugs, automatic writing, lying, um, and this is all occultish, you guys. Like, I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry to tell you, 
but this is this is all cultic um Gurdjieff's legacy lives on today these are this is from Marsha Montenegro um Gurdjieff's legacy lives on today in many facets of the new age movement the new age has asserted itself so subtly into mainstream culture um and this is the Enneagram is absolutely one of the ways in which this has happened um I am absolutely not interested in having um a personality test written by a guy on psychedelic drugs talking to a being called Metatron telling me anything about myself I don't know about you guys but I'm simply not interested yeah well and like I said we like to sort of put this um like a I don't know I guess um more developed world spin on it even mm-hmm. which is that because like my inclination initially in terms of psychology is that we need to be really discerning with psychology there's i don't i think there's plenty of room for christian psychologists to practice um but the bible needs to be the center um so but i think it's fair it's fair enough to say well so okay my first inclination was to say that um yeah, like p- people can make accurate observations about people. Sure. They can make accurate observations about personality types, mm-hmm. about what those people are inclined to and mm-hmm. what they're generally not inclined to, how they have relationships, sure. how they are ha- be parents, how they have their sure. job, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. There's plenty of observable mm-hmm. things but that's really not what happened mm-hmm. in the creation of the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's not a, it's not a good thing. Automatic writing is not a good thing. No. Um, because, you know, I do believe that, that lost sinners can make accurate be- because we know from Romans one that, that <laughs> people know who God is. I believe that accurate, um, uh, People can see things, they can write them down, they can be accurate mm-hmm. about people and how we relate to each other and right. all that kind of stuff. Right. But I also believe <laughs> that right. if you get something out of thin air while practicing um, occult meditation, anything mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. um, I believe that that's also not made up by a person. <laughs> um, and when approaching something that has origins in that, you need to be really careful and you need to be careful about how you defend it because those things are also accurate. Right. An accuracy of something doesn't, isn't necessarily um, a sign of its goodness. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, There's plenty of things that are accurate that are not good. Um, And I think we've said a lot of, we've, we've handed you a lot of information. I think, the major point if you're having a hard time waiting through the information that we're giving you is that uh, the point we are really, really making, not only that it's, it has occult or origins. Yeah. There is a lot of conversation historically, currently. Mm-hmm. Um, it comes from a lot of mixture of philosophy, mm-hmm. um, paganism, Right. Well, the Enneagram Institute says that the philosophy behind the Enneagram is from comp- parts of mystical Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Taoism, Buddhism, and ancient Greek 
philosophy. Right. So obviously I don't believe it's from Christianity. It might be from a type of new age Christianity, but not a Christianity um, you can find in scripture. Our point is, is that Aristotle, um, Megatron guy, Metatron, Metatron guy. (laughs) um, I think he was a demon, but anyway. (laughs) um, Yeah, I guess really not funny, but (laughs) nervous. um, (laughs) So everything that we have, so here's why it's not Christian. Mm-hmm. It's not Christian because, uh, I mean, obvi- from obvious occultic mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but also, um, even if you wanted to go, if you wanted to ignore that and dispute right. its origins, right. and you say that, oh, well, no, like we've claimed it and now it's just for personal development right. you and stuff. You want to redeem it for some reason? Well, so it's all based off of um, an arbitrary standard. Mm-hmm. of humans, their identity, how they relate to one another. Right. Um, and it is believed, it's, it was believed by people who, who didn't think that wisdom came from scripture. They believed that it came from, I mean, a mixture of many, many things. Mm-hmm. But even like I said, with Aristotle, Aristotle may have been accurate in some of the things that he noticed about humans, but ultimately... He right. believed that reason right. was what makes a human a human. Right. The ability to gain wisdom from intuition right. and from what you know about the world. Right. That was how he, and that's totally arbitrary right. because for him, his, that means his wisdom was completely based off of the solar Self. system moving around the earth, right. which we know isn't true. Right. And so my point in mentioning that isn't right. to be like, Aristotle was such a dummy. Like <laughs> he doesn't care what I have to say. Right. Um, my point in saying that is that if you choose an arbitrary standard that's subjective, mm-hmm. like, like the self, what you think or what Aristotle thinks or what right. some other religion thinks, right. then you don't have an objective standard right. and it's falling apart. Right. Well, and and uh, Marsha Montenegro point, pointed out that the fact that the origin of the Enneagram is spiritual, that its purpose is spiritual, and that it has passed down through teachers of very cryptic, right. questionable spiritualities should indicate to us very clearly that its validity as any sort of tool to understand ourselves or to understand truth is at best very, very questionable now i've heard christians claim that well the enneagram can lead us to a self-awareness that brings us to our knees before god um again marcia points out that uh from a christian standpoint it's only god's word that gives us true self-awareness right the awareness of our sin nature and our need for redemption as well as conviction the enneagram doesn't contain the gospel no no. So <laughs> conviction and, and sanctification and all of these things, it's actually, if you read the Bible, it's God's word and right. it's the Holy Spirit that convicts us and teaches us and leads us and brings us to truth. Um, using an occultic tool is honestly should be out of bounds for us. Right. Now, there are a lot of times that I firmly, I very firmly believe that as Christians, we should all be guilty of a certain amount of nose downedness, of stay out of other people's 
visitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think we should be guilty of that to a yeah. certain degree. Yeah. Um, and I know that a lot of people are probably really upset that we're saying this. Mm-hmm. Um, why can't it just be neutral? Because I can't pretend that it's neutral. Right. Because it's not. Right. And that's not you... the stance we took on feminism. No. If and... you like, if you <laughs> right. found us because of our stance on feminism, <laughs> right. we never took the stance that feminism is this neutral tool to right. gain equality. Right. It has a history. It has an origin. Right. It has a set of beliefs. Right. That go along with it. Right. And, and, and um, I can't forget to skip this one. You cannot in, in the Enneagram, the way the Enneagram is set up, it denies the concept of personal sin. So you can read on online. Uh, re- all negative behavior. This is the position of the Enneagram Institute, mm-hmm. of the people who propose this. All negative behavior is the result of unprocessed pain. In the course of our work, we uncover difficult feelings, powerful, essential states. I don't know what that is. I didn't bother to find out. <laughs> and many qualities of emptiness. The more we can learn to tolerate these different aspects of ourselves, the more quickly and smoothly our work will progress. You have to hear in the whole setup and the whole goal of the Enneagram has absolutely nothing to do with Christian belief. They don't believe right. in sin. They don't believe in Jesus. Um, you know, the guy we were talking about earlier that you brought up, Richard Rohr. Um, he's not a Christian. He's a Franciscan friar who rejects right. rejects the divinity of God. Yeah. Um, he's really... He, does, he believes that Jesus is a created being. He's a panentheist, um, which is a Eastern pagan view that God and the universe are one in the same. Um, and I hear Christians defend this guy all the time. Um, I know Jenny Allen, the founder of the If Gathering. She is the reason I ever heard of Richard Rohr. Yeah. Because she was quoting him on something. And I was like, who is this guy? And I start following down this rabbit hole and the guy is not a Christian. Um, he's a new age pagan who cozies up with very occultic practices. Right. And he appeals to the monotheist. <laughs> Just does. so you know, <laughs> he does. Muslims are also <laughs> monotheists. <laughs> right. They're not Christians, though. Right. <laughs> right. Um, the. <sighs> he said once that it's not correct to say that Jesus is God. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, he has, he, it's not even, it's not, I would, I wish I could even say that you don't even have to make a case about Richard Rohr not being a Christian. How about this quote? The world was the first body of Christ. Oh no. The big bang was the materialization of the cosmic Christ who was later revealed in a human person. The mystics got this. I mean, this is Richard Rohr, you guys. Well, and so, and he'll, here's, here's what we Here's what all the good Christian people glean from what Richard Rohr teaches, Mm. which is that the Enneagram shows you. So the nine types, they're they're the nine passions. Mm -hmm. um, And those, so the type that you are generally is more, is not in accordance with your good traits so much as your sin. So the the benefit of the Enneagram is that it'll show you this like area where you are most sinful and it helps you break it down. Um, He, I mean, I'm just going to tell you guys this. Um, I'm not being nitpicky. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm going to give you his scripture application. Here we go. 
I can't wait. And then we can discuss. Mm-hmm. We can discuss the problems with needing to figure out your own sin mm-hmm. in order to be sanctified of it, mm-hmm. needing to know more about it, the, mm-hmm. to be sanctified of it, mm-hmm. as though we're the ones that do the sanctifying work Sorry, in our I lives. Something weird. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so <laughs> Richard Rohr teaches about the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. I listened to his whole series of lectures that he was teaching. He has an introduction he has two parts on the different types and then he has a conclusion. Right. Um, it's like seven and a half hours altogether. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, listen to it at one and a half speed or two times speed <laughs> or whatever. Um, but so he, and this just, this just stuck in my mind. And so I looked into it. I looked into it. <laughs> um, so he's talking about the shadow self, the unacceptable self. He's talking about the main part of your Enneagram being the part of you that's like not really good that you attempt to cover up. Right. The shadow self, the part of you that you reject. So um, so this verse shows that Jesus had sort of a basic understanding of discernment in disguise. And when Richard Rohr uses the word discernment, he means discernment of the spirits. Right. He doesn't mean discerning in the way that a a christian supposed to be reformed person would <laughs> or even i mean he means it more in um spiritual in sense. a spiritual yeah. sense yeah um so he believes that you can Not discern what someone's brain. soul uh-huh. is like by learning more and more about the enneagram and you can certainly um learn no, discern more about someone's soul when you have gone from the calculative mind to the contemplative mind which is just so super new age. I can't even. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so this is the verse that shows that Jesus has a basic understanding of discernment, that there are, there's good and, and bad co-equal, but it's not that simple. And what? our sin glorifies God, but not in his justice, just because he made us bad and good. Uh, anyway, what? that's sorry about that. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> The parable of the tenants, right? Matthew 21, uh-huh. 42 yes. talks about, well, in 42, he specifically quotes Psalm 118, Who quotes 22, Psalm 118? Jesus. Okay. Just want to make sure um, we're on the same page. Okay. Um, so in his talk, he didn't directly say that he was talking about the parable of the tenants, but he said, Jesus said the stone that the builders rejected. So I was like, Jesus said it. He has to, he's not talking about Isaiah or Psalm. Right. He's talking about Matthew. Um, Okay. But so it talks about um, uh, the stone that the builder rejects is the cornerstone. That's Jesus. I'm paraphrasing it that way. That's not the exact verse. I'm paraphrasing. I'm phrasing it that way because that's a direct quote of what Richard Rohr said. Okay. Got it. The stone that the builder rejects is the cornerstone. Okay. So um, in the constructing of self, there are things that you have decided to eliminate, like looking like a bad person or looking selfish or looking like a liar. And also keep in mind that depending on what type you are, you have certain things that you really don't want other people to see. Okay. Um, which is why it's so important to discover what type you are, because then you can find out what you're hiding. Ew. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it gets worse. Sorry. Save your ewes for, <laughs> for a second. <laughs> it just came out. Um, so God somewhere in your life, this is like his interpretation of sanctification and he's using the parable of the tenants uh, 
to discuss sanctification in the believer. Um, That's not what that's about. And so God will break you and cause you to weep over the things that you've hidden and over the things that you have tried not to show to the world. Why? Which is true, right? I mean, like he does his sanctifying work in that kind of... Like at face value, God will break you over your sin, even if it's hidden. Sure, but like hiding it from the world isn't the sin. Right. It's hiding. It's sinning against God. Right. Okay. Sorry. Right. That's the point of it. Okay. Um, So, so God breaks you and he shows you your unacceptable self, your shadow self, this part of you that you don't want other people to see. God sees it and he breaks you up of it. Uh, breaks you of it and then those blocks of your personality that you've rejected will be the cornerstone <gasps> and that's Whoa. how he that's how he that's and then okay so no. you think if you think i'm nitpicking Jesus is the cornerstone so if you think i'm nitpicking this is why i bring this really really bad I'm not even going to say exegesis because it's <laughs> of not. the text. I think n- narcissism. It's because it's because right after he says this in his talk, he says, "That's it. You can go home." No. And he says it jokingly. You know, he's but his point in saying it jokingly is like, "That's wow. all you really need to know. All you really need to know about the enneagram is it's supplanting Christ in the work of sanctification in right, your life." Right. Right. And so, just so you know, just to be clear. The parable of the tenants, you you shouldn't want that to be about you. <laughs> it's actually about God's kingdom. Um, and it's basically in that moment, Jesus is saying, like, I am the fulfillment. And Richard War is saying that the Enneagram h- helps you become the fulfillment. Right. That's disgusting. Right. That's not, it's not an accurate, it's, it's not what that text means. No. And he said, of Christ. and he said, that's it. You can go home now. No, he, can he go home used now. that scripture in a slippery way to prove a point he wanted to make about what the Enneagram means. Wow. It didn't come from the scripture. Right. He put it in. Right. He put that meaning into right. that. Wow. So, and how disgusting to see the Enneagram is that authoritative. Yeah. Like that's disgusting. That one especially, that parable. Ooh, it makes me sick. I think disgusting is the right the word. The stone that the builders rejected will become the cornerstone. Like that verse is not, that was not about you. That was about Jesus. Jesus is the cornerstone. Right. You guys. Yeah. Your best self now is not the right. cornerstone. Your sin that God will you that God will sanctify you of and will use is not the cornerstone. Wow. Um, and that's what he's saying the whole, so not only did he totally misread the text, mm-hmm. my point right. that, that that's abused hardly what I'm text. even, yeah, he abused it. I want this to be an example of the Enneagram being crammed into the scripture. Right. And not in a good way. Right. Um, and as it, cr- <laughs> not only did he cram uh, meaning into that scripture that wasn't there. Right. But he picked a verse right. that talks about Jesus. Christ and yeah. God's kingdom. Right. And he took Jesus out of it. Right. Um, so 
Okay, I guess to wrap it all up for you guys. <laughs> there's so much. There's a lot. I have. There's just so much. I have actually like three more pages of notes. I, I'm I just know. not going to get through. Um, right. What I think I wanted to do was demonstrate that it has occult, occultic roots, and that it actually goes directly against scripture. If I can put this in a very simple and silly way, um, our goal as Christians is to glorify God. Um, it is, and he has given us the means by which he is going to sanctify us. The goal of our life is not to become uh, closest to our truest essence or nature through these cultish practices. There's um, no calculative mind and there's no contemplative mind. Right. Um, and uh, we, so basically what I'm saying is it's using the Enneagram as a tool of sanctification. Um, it's like all of us as Christians, we have been given scripture. If we believe what scripture says about scripture, if we believe that the word of God is alive and active, if it's, we believe that it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. If we believe that, and that's Romans 4.12, um, then using this pagan tool in place of that is a very foolish, foolish thing to do. The goal of our lives is, is not what the Enneagram says that it is. Um, so the way I see this is, um, if as Christians, I was trying to explain this to Joy earlier, I don't know if it makes sense, but if as Christians, um, we are supposed to be getting on a plane bound for Cincinnati, um, and we go and we get on a plane bound for California. And then we ask, well, what's the problem? I'm supposed to get on a plane. So I got on a plane. I did the job, right? Well, no, uh, you were supposed to get on a plane for Cincinnati. <laughs> so getting on a plane to go to California uh, is not the right task. Right. (laughs) Like, why would you travel by cannon when you have a car? Right. Like, why would you defend cannon travel? (laughs) Right. When when you could travel safely in a car. Um, Why would you fly to California when you're supposed to be going to Cincinnati and then be like, well, come on. I I I got on a plane. It's fine. No, 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 no. We have been given the proper tool that we're supposed to use. Um, we have been told that we have been given all that we need for life and godliness. Um, and that wasn't covering the Enneagram. Right. So defending the Enneagram as a, as a tool that a Christian should use when it's a pagan occult tool that um, is going to get you on a plane for California when you're supposed to be heading to Cincinnati right. is a very fool. It's just foolish. Um, I understand that a lot of people ask the question like, well, what's the harm? Right. But what's the harm? Well, What's the harm in knowing yourself better? At face value, there is no harm in it. But is God's purpose for your life to know thyself? Mm. Is there harm in that? Uh, is there harm in in taking on a philosophical belief that there is a purpose for you that is other than the one that God has? The answer she's looking for is, Yes. Yes, there is harm. <laughs> maybe not Im- immediately. Maybe you're not bleeding from your eyeballs. Like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what kind of harm we're looking for. Like, <laughs> well, the harm is a false view of yourself. 
um, the Enneagram is based on a false view of humanity and God. So yeah, there's harm. Um, and like she said, it might not happen immediately. Maybe you go online and you take your Enneagram test and your eyes aren't bleeding. That's fine. I, I expect that that is actually going to be the case. Right. Um, but the truth is, is that it is, it is absolutely harmful when we supplant the word of God as every, every single person, I will link all of this for you. Every single person that we can trace the Enneagram back to, including the evangelicals who've popularized it today, um, they're heretics. They reject Christ. Um, so yes, there's harm. Um, false teachers are not supposed to be welcomed <laughs> into our homes. Um, and that's all I have to say about that. I, yeah. I just think that, I mean, maybe something we didn't stay at, like touch on too much is just the obsession with self. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure if you're listening to, if you've been listening to us for any period of time, you know how we feel about that. Yep. Um, actually, in the first episode we ever did, I think I was like, this is like, personality tests are stupid. Um, <laughs> you, you did. You did say that. Because like, yeah, <laughs> they could be accurate. Sure. But to some extent, we all share some of the same. We're all, we all, we're all different. Right. But we're all the same. Um, God's not glorified by us further understanding the ways that we're different from one another and how we relate to each other. God does that work. Right. If you, if you're impatient with people and that's how you relate to people, right. God will do that work for you. Right. Without your number type. Right. Um, what the Enneagram offers that the Bible doesn't is an extensive look at self. Right. And, and what Richard Rohr and what many people believe uh, that teach the Enneagram is that um, the problem with the soul is that it doesn't love itself enough. <laughs> but we have no problem That's loving ourselves. We have no problem. That's a lie. We look at things right. like, goodness gracious, even the drug addict right. loves, loves themselves. So loves Right. To the point where they're willing to get there. They will sacrifice anything. All of it. So the most destructive stuff, we, we look at that and we say, oh, that's destructive behavior. They hate themselves. They just need to love themselves. No. No, they don't. No. They love themselves. They love their sin. Right. They need a new heart. Yeah. The Enneagram does not provide a new heart. No. It's so funny to me. There's how... no new heart type. No. <laughs> well, and it's so funny to me how people think it's so beneficial to learn more about themselves when... I'm pretty sure the message. All I've of ever done my whole life right. is learn about myself. The message of scripture is don't look to yourself, look to Jesus. Right. And yet we have a whole Christian subculture that is so busy looking to self and helping others look to self. And I just think we really have to question these things and think a lot harder about them than we are. Um, right. Because well, they're, they're if you just... want to be benefited, go ahead and study God. And, right. and you know what? Scripture does tell us a lot about ourselves. It tells us a lot about there's two kinds of people in the world. You have the people with the stone hearts and the people with hearts made of flesh. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the two types of people in the world. And uh, if you look only to your sinful heart and at yourself, you're going to be really sad. You might be able to convince yourself for a while that you're working on yourself and all these other things. But really the message of scripture is look to Christ. Stop looking right. to yourself. That is our fundamental problem as human beings is that we look to ourselves as though we are the end all be all when 
God is the end all be all. And he is the one that we should be looking to and getting right. our wisdom from. And the answer is the same. That's that, that sentiment still applies to someone who is looking at themselves to learn how to better relate to others. Right. If you, right. you don't need to look and the scripture tells you everything you need to know about how to relate to your spouse, to your friends, to your enemies. <laughs> it tells you how to relate to all those people. If you're looking for anything else, if you think, I just want to know more about the scripture, I want like about loving my enemies. Like, I just want to know more about that. Why would you leave your Bible? Right. Why would right. you say, I need to know more about this scripture? Right. And then be like, I should, I'm going to go read Harry Potter right now. <laughs> not going to work. It's just not the same. <laughs> it's not, it's not the you. same thing. Right. Especially. Right. And that was not, <laughs> I'm not saying, um, the Harry Potter is evil <laughs> or demonic. That's right, not I made, this. I made that joke and then I didn't this say show. it. <laughs> that's not this show. That's that was a random book that I thought of. Chronicles of Narnia. There How about go. that? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, the point and the point isn't. So you say what's the harm, and we say there is a better way that you're actually called to be obedient to, and it's not just that there is a better way. Um. There is the way, the truth, the life and and the origins. It's not just that there's a better way because the origins of this thing are evil. the opposite. Evil. They're evil. Um, I'll say it. Yeah. I don't want to. Tr- I don't want to downplay it by saying like, oh, you know, why would you like, why would you go for this for second place when you can have first place? It's not second place. Why? It's evil. place. Why would you go <laughs> anti-biblical? Yeah when you have biblical you can listen to metatron or you can listen to jesus and actually that is the uh choice all humanity faces right so as christians uh who is it who is it gonna be yeah wow we stayed really light today Jay. <laughs> light-hearted i feel like i need to go take a spin in the in that truck out there i need to go love myself more. <laughs> oh no that's not what i meant no i don't need to do that's that. not what i meant by that Ever. okay well, hey, um, I know we have a lot more information than I think we can try to stuff into one episode. So I will be sure to share all the links and information that I have on the show notes page. And if you're really mad at us, you can leave us a comment. Um, you can just, you know, do all those things. Contact us. Let us know. Our voicemail number is 470 I'm sure we don't even need to give that invitation. I am? <laughs> well, I want to invite you guys just formally. Um, I would love to. Um, I'll, I'd love to hear from you, whatever you got. Um, I can't promise that um, I can persuade you if you need persuading. But I do hope that um, we at least were clear and helpful and you can let us know if we weren't i don't even know um how about you I'm hit sure us up on patreon.com slash theologians for six bucks a month you can hear hopefully not too much more about the enneagram <laughs> i don't know what we should start doing is um we should have like in some of our more well at least in some of the episodes that we think are going to be a little bit more inflammatory we should have like a secret word that we say at the very end and that way um like if someone's being a troll on our page, people can just be like, what's the secret word? And if they don't know it, it's like, well, you didn't listen to it, the episode, so. Secret word. Yeah, um, message us, tell us what the secret word should be. And uh, that's how we'll check for that information. And I really liked that. Um, that was good, mm-hmm. 
All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You might have saved my yeah. soul. I am yours forevermore.